0: Welcome to Dark Horse Matters, the show about people, their passions, and their pursuit toward happiness. I'm your host, Bev Mateyoshi, and my passion is talking to people about their dreams, what drives them, and just, you know, the mission that they have in life to be happy. And um, it's so important these days, especially after 2020, it's been such a hard year, and just recovering this year, you know, it's not over yet. It's so important to focus on something that, makes you feel like you have purpose in life. And that's the true recipe for happiness. So with that being said, um, I just want to remind you, if you're new to the show, you know, don't forget to like and subscribe. And um, if you're a returning part of the audience, thank you so much for the support. You guys have been so great and very encouraging. So thank you. Um, today's guest is um, someone that I've known my whole life, like since the womb. <laughs> We share the same DNA, we look the same, and we sound the same too. People always trip out at us, and just our whole lives, we've been identified as a duo. So I just want to introduce you to my twin, identical twin sister, Kim Matayoshi.
1: Slancha! <laughs> Slancha!
0: Slamcha! Isn't it a little early for that? <laughs> I'm not judging. Thank, thank the pandemic for that. <laughs> an everyday thing. now no, it's not everyday, but sometimes <laughs> it is. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And this is going to be fun because, I don't know, can you guys tell us the part? Anybody who knows us? <laughs> Come on, you're supposed to mirror me. <laughs> <laughs> oh How about God. this? How about this? I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that. Everybody thinks that twins can feel each other's pain. How about this? (laughs) (laughs) If that were true, oh my God, that would be so fun. (laughs) And painful. You'd like knock your own tooth out. Everybody would be like watching me beat my own ass. Yeah, I'm pissed off at my sister. (laughs) This is just weird. I I feel weird right now because it's like, you know, they're... I don't know. Anyways. I'm nervous. (laughs) Let me drink some more. (laughs) So um, I just want to like, you know, talk a little bit about, um, you know, the way things were when we were kids, like um, everyone is just so intrigued about, you know, the whole concept of being an identical twin. And it's definitely, I mean, that's all we know, you know, I I like the the, one of the benefits I like, is like you have an automatic BFF. Even if she doesn't want to be my BFF. Double the wardrobe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though, even if she doesn't want to be my BFF, it's like she has no choice, you know. You know, we have to share the same room. We have to share everything. We have to share the same clothes. Growing up. Oh, my God. I still can't believe that mom used to make us dress the same. Well, she never she did in the beginning. And then all of, all of a sudden it was automatic. And up until the seventh grade, we were still dressing the same. And when we went to King Intermediate, we we're like realizing that that's really like shame. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of started to like dress, you know, we had our own like we just started dressing different in seventh grade. But yeah, up until that. We were I know. I, I just remember like we would get up in the morning and be like, what are we wearing today? <laughs> Yeah, it a, we used to like, it was consult a, decision, each other. Yeah, a decision we made together. But I remember in college, like, when we actually had separate rooms after Daph, our older sister moved out, Kim moved into her room. And I remember having like separation anxiety, just from you moving <laughs> into the next bedroom. And like, we would come out of the room at, at the same time together. And we'd be wearing the same <laughs> I know I'd be like you change. No you change. This is my outfit. I wanted to wear this. <laughs> remember that. And then I also remember when you finally moved out of the apartment um in Los Angeles when I got in accepted into dental hygiene school and that was when you were like okay, I don't want to like, you know, um uh change my life just because you're studying you know so you moved out and you know that was your sense of independence that you got but i remember i cried like <laughs> <laughs> and then i would call you like every every day what are you doing and i would literally I'm drive around naked in my own apartment <laughs> <laughs> But i would drive like all the way to santa monica and hang out with you i don't know it was just like weird not living together after all that time i know we lived together for how long when did i move out that was like 2007 2007 so like yeah i can't even do the math right now (laughs) maybe you shouldn't drink any more of that (laughs) i had two sips Okay. So um, the reason why I am bringing you on this show today is because of your passion for art and music, which I share the same passion. passion. Um, and, you know, it's just something that we grew up with. It's something that has always been embedded into our lives, which I find kind of weird because mom and dad were not very, well, no, I'm, I'm wrong. Mom was very artistic because she was a, she was a seamstress and she had to, do all those fashion design artwork. I actually still have
1: Ooh, one of her drawings. Can I
0: have copies of that? I, yeah, I I'll, I'll frame that. I have I'll it somewhere and I'll dig it up and, and scan it. Yeah, mom, mom, she was an artist in that sense because she had to do a lot of design work for her seamstress, you know, sewing. And dad, I don't remember him being artistic, but he, I guess he comes from a musical family because his parents were Ramo Fujiko, she, you know, danced and sang. And um, our grandfather, he played the Samisen. He was a mm-hmm. Samisen player. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I actually I spoke with one of our cousins who I randomly met at Waihole Poi factory. <laughs> like he, I met him through someone else, our actual cousin, but he um, plays the Samisen and he was the one who who, who told me about that. So musically, it's always been in our lives like the earliest memory i have of actually singing in our lives like do you remember what what is your earliest remember that movie? that 1983 cassette tape that we used to always listen to <laughs> mom was recording um a, it was like a a tape letter to the philippines her family in the philippines and we happened to interrupt her we were like what 4 years old or something we just started Sing, she was like, Okay, sing something. And we're like twinkle, twinkle, <laughs> like just just no problem, no shame, you know. I remember that tape. Who has that tape now? Like, where it did it got go? Lost. That was I'm some really sad about that. That was some classic um memories on there because somebody was playing the organ. Daff. Daff, Daff, Daff was playing organ. the organ. Um, yeah. We were like five. I think we were like five years old. I think yeah, five, five years old. Wow, what from what I can remember, she was pretty good at <laughs> that yeah. age of six, five or six years old to play the organ at six years old. That's pretty damn good. And um, what else was on that tape? <laughs> uh, and I just remember us singing "Twinkle Little Star" all together. Oh, I wish. And you be- had a Filipino accent back then. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> How Not come like I was that. the only one? Remember? Like <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, how come I was the only one with the Filipino accent? Oh, Nobody no. else did. <laughs> I guess maybe I, I must have been attached to mom or something. So I what one of the memories I remember the most was um was the family rosaries. Uh whenever mom would have, you know, be with her friends and do the rosaries. Um, They would always sing in three-part harmony. Was it Auntie Helen and Auntie Sally? Auntie Sally. I have that in my notes, actually. I was going to mention her. Yeah. I don't remember which harmony she sang. Was she melody or always alto? (sighs) I don't remember either. I don't know, but I just remember tuning into the harmony. Like I noticed that and I would focus on it and I would try to mimic her when nobody was watching. You know, like... I would try to sing the harmony parts. Me too. I remember that too. Like crazy that how I identify, I knew the difference between the melody and the harmonies back then. Yep. That song. Ave, ave, ave Maria. Remember that song? I was thinking of
1: (laughs) Remember that song?
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I remember Auntie Helen's voice in particular with that song. Wow. Wow. That's something I haven't thought about in years. So me, you and Daff, like the three of us have always been, you know, just kind of identified as a trio. But um, as far as singing, we we're always, you know, casted roles with three-part harmony. And- but our shyness got the best of us in the beginning remember the auditions for Alice in Wonderland and how we were too shy to do it and then like I kind of in the new I knew in the back of my mind I was like if both of us audition for Alice in Wonderland I guarantee we're gonna get fucking placed the Tweedledee and Tweedledum (laughs) casted as Tweedledee and Tweedledum and I really didn't want (laughs) the ridicule yeah but we weren't (laughs) even allowed to um Audition for a main character until fifth grade, right? Really? Fourth, no, it was fourth grade. Really? Because fourth, fourth grade, grade, we were in the chorus. Yeah, I don't remember auditioning for that. We didn't because we were too shy. Oh. I remember that. Fourth grade, we were allowed to audition for a main part and we didn't because we were too shy. I was always too shy. Gosh. Yeah. Because we used to have auditions for Mr. Bright's Broadway reviews that he would have every year and the whole entire um like elementary schools from the Kaneohe district would would have an opportunity to audition for the show and the first time every like fifth and sixth graders from elementary schools could audition and we were fifth grade and we didn't get picked and I was devastated I was so devastated I was like why why didn't I get picked I know I can sing you know so like sixth grade I was like I'll be damned if I don't get picked so he's gonna see me you know (laughs) I remember what song like he gave me a part in in that song that Peter Pan song um I won't grow up and my part was if growing
1: up means it would be beneath my dignity to fly climb
0: a tree whatever but I was like milking it you know I'm like he's gonna see me (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same here, same here. And Ronald Bright, his productions, all those Broadway reviews from all the elementary schools in the in the Hawaii School District, like that um, really impacted our lives. Like, from a young age, I just remember how I don't, I can't even imagine the kind of person I would be if we didn't experience that, you know, we were so lucky we were we were so lucky program was free it was free and uh, so many people have made it through to broadway and you know just entertainment business like very successful because of you know that experience in a public school program it which is just you know i'm so proud that i I (laughs) i got to experience that grateful and proud i'm a bright kid I'm a bright kid, too. And, you know, if you guys don't know what that is, you should look that up on Instagram. Hashtag or, I'm a bright kid. Yeah, look because it it's such a powerful, powerful uh, thing that has come out of, you know, Ronald Bright when he was alive. You know, he was just impacted so many people on such amazing levels. So I will always be grateful for that experience growing up. Very lucky. Yeah. Um, What about art? Like, do you remember, like... What was your first memory or experience about art being manifested into your life and it being important? Um, like elementary school days? Yeah, or just whatever is the earliest memory you can think of. So I, um, I guess all schools got to participate in a art contest that the Lions Club Hawaii put on and it was called Sight is Beautiful, and I happened to win that contest, and I was second grade, I think. I think it was second grade, and it was so funny, the drawing that I drew. I still remember. I wish I had a copy of it, but it was a picture of this duck pond at the Hawaii Memorial Cemetery. That was like what I thought was the most beautiful back then. It was a duck pond, and it's I just see, like, I drew all the ducks and and it was the line with the water and underneath was fish, you know, (laughs) and there was a bridge. Do you remember that spot? I remember that spot and I remember your drawing. And I remember something very specific in the drawing, which I thought was very cool because it made the the drawing very real and relatable to everybody, was that you didn't only draw the ducks and how beautiful the pond was and the, the flowers and the trees in the background, but you drew the trash that was inside <laughs> the duck pond, too. Like it was oh, like a dirt- the Pepsi can. It was a yeah. Pepsi can floating in the water, right? Yeah, that's and horrible. <laughs> I know, but I just thought that that now thinking I didn't think about it then like this, but I thought about what I remembered about that drawing. And I, and I, I can pretty sure that that's probably one of the reasons why you won was because you included, you know, the imperfections of the world uh, in there and still thought it was beautiful. So. That's uh, deep, Bev. <laughs> deep. <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I remember that that drawing very much. And I remember being very jealous of you when you won. <laughs> oh, I won a $50 bond. Oh, really? I cashed when we before we moved to L.A. when I was 18. Oh. Mom should have convinced me not to. I think she tried to, but I was like, give him my money, you know? <laughs> so dumb I, I did not grasp the concept of investing and money back then you know your, your frontal lobe isn't fully developed back then yeah I hate that frontal lobe that undeveloped <laughs> frontal lobe you can't turn back time you know you just have to like learn from your <laughs> mistakes I wonder I've, how much it would be worth now you know if yeah. I left it I, I I remember having many moments like that with mom where she tried to like you know teach me wisdom and I'd be like you know thinking I knew everything <laughs> horrible horrible yeah. hopefully I can have a different impact on my kids I have to like figure out how to communicate with them <laughs> that While you're doing it already you don't have a Filipino accent anymore because <laughs> <laughs> that you know that's essential <laughs> into communication I guess yeah. the no language barrier that yeah. was hard it was hard mom sometimes yeah I miss her so much though like I, I just think about her. I've been thinking about her a lot lately. She's been popping up into my head. You know, I try to remember, you know, all the things that she tried to teach me, like sewing, <laughs> I know. that I didn't wish I did, but didn't incorporate into my life. But anyway, so the art. Um, another memory I have about art, you did like a cartoon of our dog Misha, who is a Shih Tzu. It was like a book like a, it was designed like a children's book but the pictures were very oh really they still have it but it's like a comic book like the drawings were very simple but I just remember looking at that book and reading it over and over again I was very (laughs) fascinated with the cartoons and the way you drew the dog wasn't I mean it didn't really look like Misha Misha was Um, you know really hairy and stuff but the dog was just very clean line simple uh, cartoon (laughs) and it was very it could have well been a children's storybook the way you designed it so I I think that's pretty cool the end is shame though I don't know if I'm allowed to I mean I don't know if I want to (laughs) show people what that the comic book I, I thought about posting it on Instagram but when I read the ending I was like that's horrible. Cause like it's I don't remember I, I it. Even, I'll I'll send it to you so you can decide <laughs> whether you want to show it to people, but poor Misha. Oh, I, I don't remember what the end was. Uh, yeah, it's I'll definitely funny. it's go. all I can say is it's funny, <laughs> but it's mean too. Like that's messed up. If you think about it. what really, really got me starting to draw. Was that movie Great Expectations? Remember oh, the movie with Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow. I love that movie and so much. The art in that movie, the charcoal and the pastels, the art that was featured in that movie. That the person that did the art for that movie, his name is Francisco Clemente, and he's so talented, like unbelievable. Like the art in that movie was so good. And after watching that movie, I bought a sketchbook and I started drawing with pastels and I looked at my sketchbook just earlier this week and I was like so ugly <laughs> so ugly so not Francisco Clemente but <laughs> in that, that movie, was the beginning of it even the sketchbook, like mission. the little the little sketchbook that he did as a kid yeah I had a small s- by yeah Francisco? that was I th- probably I don't know I don't know But remember that that drawing he did in that scene where he he did the portrait of Stella when she was a kid? Oh, Mm -hmm. that drawing is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that movie. That was a very, very good movie. Speaking of pastels, one of the memories I have about you and oil pastels was... um, you drew a picture of this girl. And for some reason, I was like offended by her nose. So I wanted to fix her nose. And you know what happens when you erase oil pastels, right? What happens? Ooh. Smudge. Yeah. And the meltdown that you had when I, I do remember this, you I ruined your picture. Because I, that, I tried to erase your nose and I was gonna draw a better nose, you know, <laughs> how fucking ag- uh, arrogant am I? And it, I didn't know that it was oil pastels, so Ooh. it smudged the whole face of the girl. Wait, and how and old were we? I don't know, maybe six years old or something. Oh, okay, no, but I don't remember. <laughs> you like had a meltdown, like you had a meltdown. And you know what happens when mom hears a meltdown happening? She comes out. No, I got dirty lichens. Oh, <laughs> you just kept crying and having a meltdown, and I she got dirty lichens for. <laughs> Screwing up the nose of your drawing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin your pa- your picture. I want to see it. I, I just remember though, I was just like, "No, that nose is not good. I'm going <laughs> to fix it." And I smudged, and the whole face got smudged black. Wow. <laughs> you don't remember that at I all. I don't remember that at uh, all. I do because I got my ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> that was one thing mom was good at was beating ass (laughs) we deserved it (laughs) most of the time most of the time talking about this art and your um early comic book days i I wanted to kind of guide the conversation toward what you're doing now i don't know how many years have you has it been since you left los angeles because you live in seattle washington now
1: how long has it been
0: 2018 so a couple years couple years so I mean I just think it's so amazing that you you have the opportunity to to really work on your art and what you're passionate about not a lot of people have that opportunity to be able to do that um full-time and I, I think it's so amazing that you're you're actually doing it you know you're sitting there and focusing on it and it's manifesting into your life and um I I just want to start talking about what is, what is it that you're creating? I just want to find out like what your inspiration was. So what is it that you're working on now? Uh, Let me backtrack just a little bit. Like in um, the early two thousands, when we're still in LA, we lived at, we lived in the same apartment and we used to have parties all the time. Our friends would come over and I started doodling in these sketchbooks and It just became a thing. Like at parties, I would draw pictures of people. I would sit there and draw people. Or like if something funny happened and there was no camera to capture it, I would draw a picture of the moment, you know. And it became a full on comic book. Like it would be the (laughs) coffee table book at all of our parties. And it would just go around the party. People would take turns looking at it, you know. And that's how I started. That's how I started drawing comics. It was just me teasing all of my friends <laughs> <laughs> and someday you're gonna have to publish that original book because it's and- so funny the content is hilarious it's just funny because like people who actually made it in the comic book would be one they would be honored plus sometimes offended at the same <laughs> time <laughs> uh, they'll be but- all worried you put me in that comic book what did you draw let me see it let me approve it first (laughs) before you post it on myspace (laughs) yeah i just remember when we were in the band um high tide at the time um a lot of our flyers are what would make it on myspace in um aftermath of whatever concert we went to or whatever's you know would end up being a a comic of some sort that you drew and I I just thought it was clever and it was funny, you know, like I look forward to looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what kind of started my interest in drawing comics. And then um, I discovered this personal interest class um, that they offered at Santa Monica College. And it's not, um, it wasn't a class for credit. It was just for people who wanted to learn stuff. You know, it was an eight week program and it was a comic book drawing class and this class was designed so that you could um, prep your work for submission to like an industry or whatever so I learned a lot from that class and it was very basic stuff like just what tools to use and and um, what kind of pens to buy and how to draw panels and you know it was really I remember you taking Game that changing. class. Yeah. yeah, I remember you taking that class, and it, it's crazy. Like ever since you took that class, just watching the way your art has evolved since then. Yeah, um, it, it's really huge. Like, and even now with the digital era happening, your art just continues to evolve. Even if it's the same characters that you're still working on, the the artwork is just getting better and better. And now you're starting to do more animations, which is really cool. Um, So can you tell us about the character in your book? Uh, Who's the main character? Tell us a little bit more. Um, So the project that I'm working on now is based off of this cartoon character that I came up with years and years ago during, you know, the the LA college years. And um, I was writing a song called Cloud Nine. And I was doodling in my sketchbook, just like, what kind of high do I have? You know, like I have contact high. I have, <laughs> I have like, um, I don't know. I was just dis- describing all kinds of different highs that I'm on, you know, and one of, and then cloud nine was a, a high, you know? And then like, there's these doodle, the doodles that I drew was just different characters that looked like cloud. And that's how he came about. And then I just, it became a thing. Like he just became a character after that. I kept drawing him because he's I really easy to draw you know <laughs> i didn't know that that's yeah how he evolved from I'll, that I'll song you- oh i i didn't know that that's how he evolved that's so cool i love that song by the way that's like our opening song on our our album from three little birds 3lb that song definitely gets you on cloud nine it's very upbeat and it make, puts you in a good mood yeah. Well. Anyways, that's how his character, and he's always been my my character. He has a lot of my personality, but he's a guy. Like he, I portray him in in my cartoons as a male, which is kind of weird. I don't know why, but <laughs> but um, then in late 2019, like later in the year, um, Car- Carrie Sakuma's husband Brandon. Sakuma. He's our friend that lives in, um, they're both our friends that live in Oregon. Uh, he just recently started taking up backyard beekeeping. And he called me out of the blue. I haven't heard from him in years. And he called me and was like, are you still doing art? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you want to do like a, a project about honeybees, like maybe to teach, educate kids about honeybees. And then he just started going off talking to me about honeybees and and sending me all this information, I was so intrigued, like about honeybees after that. Like, and the more and more I learn about honeybees, I'm like, these characters, these being, these this species, it's so alien-like, and they're so freakishly intelligent. And they're they just I just keep creating stories in my head about what I can turn this into in my comic because there's so many human parallels, in, like the way they are, it's funny. It's gonna be funny. Like the way they they work together in a community and like a yeah. like a little society yeah. almost. It's a colony, you know, and it's matriarchy. That's what I love about it <laughs> the most. That's cool. <laughs> and I I've always wanted to create a comic book. That was like my goal ever since I started drawing comics. And I always wanted to turn cloud into like this cloud. Co- cartoon thing and he wanted he was pitching to me like oh doing a children's book and I'm like oh, children's books are so limiting with the content I can use and the language I can use you know so I'm just like eh, if I'm gonna do this project it has to be a, a I mean a project with honeybees I have to merge it with the cloud cartoon comic because I can't do both it has to be one this is my one shot because I'm getting old and time's <laughs> a ticking you know what I mean and this work takes a long time, like it's a lot. And so I merged the, the two concepts together with cloud and the honeybee education, the beekeeping education, and I'm gonna merge it all together somehow in a, in a very, um, I guess, unique way, hopefully entertaining. And the whole purpose of this comic book is I want to, I mean, it's it's not a book. It's going to be a motion comic. I don't know if you guys know what motion comics is. It's not animation. It's different. It's just kind of like a a, a combination between comic books and animation. It's more like less frames per second, I guess. So there's two there, there's the two elements of comic books, just the pictures, and very you know, less frames per second kind of animation. But, um, yeah. But what I find intriguing about this project of yours is that there's music involved. Yeah, that's, like, the main drive of this whole comic book. Like, I want to be able to feature artists and music that I like. And, and you know, there's so many animes out there that do this, like, Hello, Nana nana yeah if anybody doesn't know about nana you can watch the english version on youtube like it's i they took it off of netflix i'm really sad about that but it's kind of like what inspired me to to you know incorporate music into this project yes um before we go more into your book i want to talk about nana just a little bit more um I'm really salty that they took it off of Netflix because it's so much more compelling to watch when they're speaking Japanese and you're just. I never reading got the to English. watch. Oh, it's so much better that way. I've was, only watched the English version. I never watched the yeah, the Japanese version. I lo- I watched the whole thing in Japanese and it's it's way more entertaining to, in my opinion. But you have to be engaged because you have to read or whatever. Is. But, um, the music Anna Succiya, that's her name, right? Um, the girl who sings those pop uh it's like a punk m- punk music in japanese um so good. the music was so good like i fell in yeah. love with it and thank you for the shirt by the way cuz it has um you know trap nest him. the rival band it has him in it he's my, car- he's my cartoon boyfriend mine my <laughs> my cartoon boyfriend is yasu the drummer he's the drummer <laughs> i don't even what 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 does takumi play bass in Trapness?: he, plays, he guitar? plays guitar nah, no because no bass. yeah because wasn't this guy the guitar player ren ren was the guitar player he yeah. played bass in in this band remember <laughs> he was in this band originally and then uh, he yeah got, he got hired to be on trapness as their guitarist i have to watch that show again because i, I don't watched remember. it so many times already <laughs> <laughs> i memorized it already yeah that that's a cool show but um so now let's go back to your your project so you're inspired by nana to incorporate music into your your what did you call it Emotion, motion, motion comic? comic motion comic yeah so let me just kind of walk you through the synopsis so the the series is gonna revolve around cloud who's my main character and he he goes into a honey, a honey beehive, like his best friend's a beekeeper, so he's always around bees. So he goes into this honey beehive and discovers that there's a DJ honeybee in there spinning music, and he's never seen anything like it before, and um, he finds out that there's this special honeybee genetics that, you know, gives these bees, like, musical talents, And um, ever since he discovered that, like he just starts to like observe and learn about uh, uh, of these honeybees, their songs. And he's just really captivated by their music and he learns them. And then he goes out into the real world with his best friend and they try to reproduce these tunes so other people can hear it because only Cloud can witness this, you know? And um, so that's his journey. They end up going to like this local, live bar and they scout for artists because like sometimes cloud's voice isn't adequate for the song you know (laughs) so he's trying to find artists that will work will sound better with the tune and and yeah that's kind of this the the structure of how i want the episodes to go it's going to give me an opportunity to feature artists like by creating characters that they're performing live in this this bar you know they watch the bar they watch the show and they're like, oh, I like this character. Let's go. Let's go backstage and see if we can meet them or whatever." You know? Yeah. And then, and then they go into the studio and they try to they replicate. The, I mean, every episode's not going to have two versions of one song, but there are going to be some episodes with that in mind. Yeah. You, know? you get to hear the honeybee version, and then you get to hear the real world version. You know? Cool. I I love that it opens the doors to really feature artists Um, it's just a different entity to get them involved and get you know new and upcoming artists you know opportunities Mm -hmm. to really um, get out there and in a different way that hasn't really been done before at least not in the reggae genre Mm -hmm. you know and I don't want to only just use reggae music artists I want to feature all but reggae I like reggae it's my soul the kind of music that i really really like so i'm gonna put it in the show it's my movie yeah
1: you know? and you know what <laughs> like
0: uh i hope that you have some original music that's oh yeah be, um, for sure because your original reggae style music is very um it's very original i haven't heard anything like it you know out there and it's really good i can't wait for this you know project gets more evolved so i can I hope be involved good. I want to be it's, involved with it. <laughs> oh, you're going to be involved. I already got characters designing for oh. you. Um, what else? Is there any kind of music that you, or a clips or anything that you can share with the audience? Like, yes, I do. And this clip is going to be, it's this clip is taking place in the, um, the beehive. Well, let me just, you guys should just watch it. Actually, (laughs) okay. But the music, the music that's featured in this clip is my original vocals, and there's no production behind it yet because it's still in the beginning stages. This is like you guys are witnessing some foundation, real like beginning stages of a song. It's just drums and vocals, but I hope you guys like it.
1: it. Like your For the Holy don't wanna this is incredible. Go hey, hey. Rackle, make twinkle, that sweet hey, hey. No one's gonna believe don't me I'm hey. Oh, you ain't seen nothing. Gotta make twinkle, that sweet Hey, bag on your way Necked up over. Like a of waggle your way. a Like a Hey, 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 hey. Don't wanna go hungry. Hey, hey. that sweet hey, hey. Don't wanna go hungry. Hey, hey. that
0: sweet Yeah. But like, as far as the honeybee aspect, I have been um, consulting with this, this podcast that talks and educates people about beekeeping. And it's called the Hive Jive podcast. And it takes place in, in Texas. And the guy that um, runs the show, his name is John Swan. And he's so smart, and funny, like the, the show is funny and he's he's i think he's the vice president of the Texas beekeeping association or something like he's big time over there <laughs> but i seriously like if i have questions about bees and i can't find it on google i'll dm him on ig and they usually respond right away i i don't know if it's actually him all the time responding but but i usually get a response really fairly, fairly quickly and um, he knows about my project because of it. I've been talking to him and he's really excited. And I'm, like, scared. Like, this is, like, one of the things that I'm scared about. I don't want to get it wrong, you know? I want the information about the bees and, like, the stories that I put together with these bees. I want it to be accurate to some degree. I mean, some of it's going to be fiction. Hello, music bees. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but want they, people to... They do I the waggle people. dance, though. Yeah, That's I real. want people to... I want people to learn about, about bees and how important they are to our planet. And yeah. No, and I think that's, be... that's great because a lot of times when, when people do like cartoons or comics and write stories about um, creatures or animals that are being humanized, you know, for characters, you know, and story purposes, the actual facts are just kind of, you know, pushed aside. I think it's really cool that you're incorporating their actual real life, behaviors and the way that their society works and, and re- paralleling it with, with humans. I think that's very creative and, and clever. And like, it's sad that it hasn't been done before. I'm glad it hasn't been done before because I get to do it first, but it's, it's so much fun to explore their world and to try to put it together, you know, in um, the perspective of, of Cloud's eyes it's just, it's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm just, I'm still in the beginning stages of a lot of it, but <laughs> I just can't wait to see it already. I need to hurry up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, does cloud, when he visits the hive, does he have the smoke effect on them? Because he's smoke, right? He's a cloud. Yeah, he's smoke, but he's still in his form. Like, it's not he doesn't- that literal. You know, but- <laughs> he doesn't make them go to sleep, but... <laughs> One of one of B facts is like when clouds uh when um the the bees get smoked or whatever it doesn't it kind of just makes them like confuses them, and that's why they're like in a state of like i don't know they get- shock not shock, but like they start uh, I heard that they start binge eating because they think they have to leave soon or whatever. Oh, so they interesting. get cheese, they get the them, which is very parallel to, cl- well, right? Because <laughs> cloud is a certain kind of smoke. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know yeah. that. That's, I didn't know I that I'm not I thought, getting that wrong, John. I, I <laughs> thought that um, when bees, you know, when the smoke, the reason why beekeepers use that was because one, you said, like you say, it puts them in a state of shock or confusion. But I, I thought it made them like tired, like they just kind of get calm and yeah. quiet. May, that might be um, um, a reaction to it. I'm not really sure. But I wish I could like hang out with more beekeepers. I might have to hit up some apiaries around here and see if they will take me on as a, a Yeah, murker. you should. A lurker. <laughs> I will. And I just remember you as a kid and how afraid you were of bees. Yes. Like so you're afraid. definitely afraid of them. Now I can just walk right up to him and start taking pictures, you know, like, I'm not afraid of bees anymore, not even wasps. Like, it's all how you react. If you start swinging at them, and of course, they're going to sting you, you know, they'd rather not sting you, they die if they sting, you know, right, that's true. That's true. But um, yeah, I just remember that you being so afraid of them. And now like, <laughs> it's like, based, basing your whole creative work on them. That's pretty cool do you have any goals on when you want to be done with this? Like, like how do you have any specific timeframes of when you want to be finished with completely with your project? Like, in, do you have a plan like to get there in time? I mean, honestly, I haven't, I haven't like outlined a plan like a time frame or anything, but I do, I do hope to have season done, um, season done uh season one done within the year at that's a tall <laughs> order because <sighs> there's so you much can involved. you can there's do so it there's so much involved like look this is the challenging part is juggling all the elements that i ha- i'm kind of doing by myself because i don't have i mean it's just me you know there's there's the illustrating part there's the the animation part there's the music part there's the acting part <laughs> and there's the promoting part and, you know, building the community and, and letting people know about this project and to see if you can get, and the funding, like getting funding, like people like, why do you need funding? It's just drawing or whatever, you know, but you know, producers need to get paid. I need equipment for the, the type of animation I want to do. Like, so. Yeah. It's a lot involved. There's a lot involved, but, um, I, I know you can do it. you just have to stay focused and create a deadline. The deadlines are so crucial yeah. if you want to get anything done and you know just keep going don't don't stop until you, yeah. you reach and every time you reach a cert, make small goals until you reach the big one, you know and it just helps it the project move yeah. forward. And the most challenging part for all, and I'm speaking for all artists because I know everybody goes through this is self-doubt. Like the moment things get really hard, like I'm like, am I wasting my time, you know? But the more I work on this, the more I want to finish it because it's so fun and it's entertaining to me alone. You know, if nobody's going to watch this, at least I want to watch it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? I think it's a great idea for you to go out there and visit with you know the actual site of where beekeepers, beekeepers are yeah. and then join groups of beekeepers communities, I'm sure there's lots of people who are passionate about it. And the more people you're going to meet, you'll be surprised what kind of doors will open for you, um, yeah. you know, with networking and and any every artist needs that. But like the, your success, I mean, a lot of times it's it's directly associated with your network of people. So that's cool. I You should do it immediately. Start Yeah, it's summertime. The bees are, you know, it's crazy because um, it's so cold here in Washington. Like and it's what mid May already, and it's I still haven't seen any bees. Like it's freezing outside. Well, today it's warm. There's probably bees out now. I think the bees don't come out until it's above sixty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like it has to be above at least like in the seventies. Yeah. Seventies. That's when you yeah. see them out there buzzing around. Is when it's warm outside, and you know, we're still not there yet. Not hundred percent there. Yeah. It- It'll come around and you just gotta immerse yourself into that community. That's inspiring. Have you ever thought about once you get the season one finished and complete, what next? Like, are you gonna evolve into something else? I just want, I wanna see how long I can keep this series going because the more I put out, the more chance I'll be able to make more music, meet more music musicians and artists and collaborate with people and 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 really th- like i'm really hoping that this could be a platform for music you know for artists and just some place where i can showcase like not only my stuff but you know other people's music too and to be able to meet people and have a reason to meet these yeah. artists like i'm I don't see myself like I've I've always wanted to do like a, I've always had dreams about putting out a solo album or whatever you know but you know at this age like I just don't see myself doing that in the traditional way you yeah. know this is it for me this is my chance <laughs> I think it's clever though that I mean cuz nowadays like it's it's so difficult to do something on your own the more people you get involved and if you can showcase you know not just your music but a lot of people's music and art, too. You could always incorporate yeah. other people's yeah. artwork in there, too. I do, actually. I have this artist that's, that's helping me um, do some graffiti lettering because I'm not oh. really good at graffiti art, you know, but he is really good. I met him on Twitch. I love Twitch. It's such a great comm- like space for artists to really f- find people and learn. And, yeah, it's really cool yeah i i never even heard of twitch until you and isaac your your boyfriend isaac was has has been you know on there and isaac is a dj on twitch which is really fun (laughs) to go on there every week and you know just experience some vibes good vibes with people and i just love that it's a community that you can share your talents with each other and people can appreciate it it's a space where people can appreciate and give love if you you appreciate somebody's art and you know their efforts you can you know you can give them money you know that's, yeah. that's kind of cool a cool platform to to do that and it that. pumps the artist up like one bit will be like yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> i still have to learn the terminology for that that whole <laughs> platform but yeah it's it's a fun space to be in and really really cool platform and encouraging for artists out there artists have such a reputation for being struggling artists. I hate that that's a stigma for artists, because everybody loves and wants art in their life. But it's really hard when to gauge, you know, what it's worth. Nobody wants to pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, until you're dead, and it's worth like millions. I just think that it's a really cool place that you can appreciate other people's art, and you can really build value for yourself that way. Yeah. When are you starting your Twitch channel? Eventually, I'm I, <laughs> thinking about it. I just need gear. I need camera. I need the setup, and I haven't put that together yet. I don't yeah. have the the tools. Well, it's on the agenda for yeah. sure. But yeah, I think that that'll be a great way to for, to um, talk about your project and you know get other people involved as well. Yeah. But, Well, thank you so much for talking about your passion project on Dark Horse Matters, because this is the kind of stuff that, you know, really drives people. And if you have the freedom to or everyone has the freedom to do it, you know, most people just don't have the guts, the courage, you know, to really go after what they really love in life, because we're so conditioned our whole lives that you you have to do, you have these milestones to meet in life. You know, you have to go to school, you have to go to college, you get married, you have kids, you know, like there's all these milestones that you have to meet. But when you're so engulfed in your career and kids and marriage, it's so easy to forget this, what's deep inside here, you know? And that's why a lot of people, like, even though they have everything, they have the house, they have the career, they have the family. But still, you know, you hear all these stories of people suffering from mental illness. And, you know, it's not enough. You know, it's not enough. And the way your life becomes enough is being passionate about something and acknowledging that passion and really diving into it and, you know, making it your own and sharing it with others. It's so important. I can't even stress that enough. I really appreciate, you know, what you're doing. And it inspires me. It inspires me. We're going to end this episode here with um, something that we do together. We've been doing together our whole lives. We're going to end with a song. And can you tell us a little bit about the song that you chose? Okay, this song, I was kind of freaking out because you asked me to play us, uh, like, perform a song that I can play piano to, and I'm like, I'm not really the best piano player. like I, Lies. I, <laughs> lies, I tell you. But I found this song that I really love that is in the chord range that I know how to play. So I learned it really fast. But um, it's written by this guy named Lickle Jordy, And he, I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple years ago at the Major Raja concert in Hawaii. He, um, I met him through Ellie Mack. And we performed, we had we, we ended up performing one song together on stage. And I've just been really, like, impressed with this guy. Like, during the pandemic, he was just killing it, coming out with songs after song, like, using his time wisely, you know? I'm like, and he, he has, like, this skill to just put out these clever lyrics. Like, his lyrics are so good. And you know yeah. what? I, I've only heard this one song that... From him that you introduced me, that we're gonna sing, but the incantation, like the the rhythm of his words, are it's amazing, just clever, and it it sounds good. It it the beat of his words are is very beautiful. Yeah, very. He has that skill to really creatively put the rhythm on top the lyrics, you know, and um, yeah, and this guy his just keep listening to his stuff oh my god he, i'm gonna drop me. his um I'll, I'll drop the social media links inside the youtube video so people can follow um you know you and also the artist that you speak of yeah so the, the song is called new revelations by little Jordy. and you know the message of it is is so um relevant to exactly today relevant. you know relevant to what we're going through and um it's very insightful so i hope you guys like this song and hope we do it justice i know (laughs) (laughs) so thank you kim i appreciate you you. i love you so much i love you too this is fun thank you everyone for visiting with us on dark horse matters and if you like this episode please subscribe share with your friends and until next week be
1: Passionate. True Tribulation Be safe than sorry. uh. Mind your step. You better walk lightly. uh. Don't ever bother with no bad company. uh. In due time, you surely gon' see. uh. Remember, everything is not guaranteed. uh. Do what you need, suggest just to succeed. uh. Between the lines, you better read carefully. uh. We never stop till the mission complete.
0: And I'm the best. All the DJs want to feel my breast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. I'm glad you didn't ask me to do it because I can't do it. They're so cute. <laughs> so, how smart. are you gonna? How are you gonna? That's why I don't know how I'm gonna do it yet. Because I'm it like trying to, to think a, of a dance hall version like, of Waggle like, Dance. Oh, well, I know. It's gonna be like this. I'm all thinking Tahitian.
1: Can I put this in the video? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I almost broke the chair. (laughs) Can I put that in the video?